You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Denver Hoops and Dreams. I am your host, Jeremy Nichols, here with my co-host, Nelson Newth, and Jack Balsley is supposed to be here, but it, I'm going to throw Jack under the bus. No, Jack, Jack Jack definitely had some things come up, and uh, he will be joining us in the near future. Before this show is over, you will be hearing our statistician's voice, but uh, yeah, welcome back to the show. Obviously, our last show was a live show. We did get a couple questions on there while we were doing that live, so that was pretty interesting. That was kind of cool. Um, to try that out. And that is something that we will be doing a lot more moving forward. Um, but Nelson, hey, man. So, you know, before we get into anything basketball related here, like I do every single show, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, California continues to get pounded by a lot of water, a lot of rain. Uh, oh, wow. Hopefully it's coming to an end. Uh, we've gone from being into a drought to um hopefully being in a place where there's no issues with water going forward so it's been an interesting run of late with the weather but life is good otherwise and i always enjoy being with you and uh jack on the show so look forward to talking nuggets basketball absolutely but listen man just make sure make sure y'all safe out there man because i already know california is is Interesting, like with with, with the weather and and, and and obviously with the earthquakes and just we a had lot an, of stuff. We man. had an earthquake this morning, actually. Oh man! And was uh, it like bad, bad, or? yeah, I mean, it was the fault line was really close to where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it was a three point six on the Richter scale, it was um, it was powerful enough to wake me up and um, give Jeez. us give our house a nice little shake rattle and roll yeah um somehow you feel like you get used to it although i think realistically you never do um uh, but yeah it's um it's always interesting here in california for sure oh yeah i mean i i hear it i hear it all the time um you know just just people talking about the weather and the rain and, and the earthquakes and stuff out there Hey man, listen. I will visit California, but I'm I I don't know about living out there, man. Personally, I hear you, man. <laughs> I hear you. Um, you're always welcome uh, to come visit. We'd love Very to cool. see you. And like I said, when the Nuggets um, win this championship this year, mm-hmm. we're gonna I'm gonna come out and and visit you as well, and Jack, and we'll have a nice time together. But yeah. Anytime you're welcome to check nah, it out. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you definitely got to come out here for the parade for sure. You know, like that. Oh, that'll, that'll happen. That'll be that'll be one for the ages. You know, for so, sure, for sure. Um, and we definitely got to go out there and 
you know, have our phones ready. We could do a nice live show and everything. It's oh, for good. sure. We, um, and I heard, um, I don't know if you heard this too, but Jamal was on NBA TV last night. I, and, yep, I watched it. Mm-hmm. Very and, cool. um, I have a love hate relationship with NBA TV and I'll tell you why in a second. But so anyways, uh, yeah, he was on last night and he basically said that as well, just so, the listeners don't think I'm talking out of my backside. Um, <laughs> he said it's championship or bust for he this sure team. Sure and did. I love that mindset, regardless if it happens or not, or not, but that's my mindset as well. Yeah. Like it's, it's been a long time. It's, we, we don't have a championship here yet. And this is the year to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely checked out um, that interview as well. And, what what stood out to me was the fact that he didn't hesitate. No, he did not hesitate at all when they said, so, Jamal, where 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 do you see this team or where do you see the, the future of this team? And he immediately said championship like that, that, you know, there was no hesitation. And I think that stood that part stood out to me, not only just what he said, it was how quick, you know, and I think it's important that the team is confident and we already know what a confident Jamal Murray can do. We we got a glimpse of that in the bubble. We got a glimpse of that in a number of games after that, right? Like we know that um, obviously before he got injured and things like that, and even this season, he's had some some really big games where you're like, if Jamal Murray can give the Nuggets this type of production going into the playoffs, then this team will be very dangerous moving forward. So um, I am glad that you brought that up <clears throat> because I did think that that interview, it was pretty insightful. You know, it was very insightful to, to, to hear um, just his thought process on where he sees himself and, um, you know, knowing that this team is confident enough to say that it is championship or bust. So I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. And I, and just to clarify the NBA TV is that what I don't like is when it's a, an away game, I, get to listen to the other team's announcers and I find them to be really horrific, um, (laughs) uh, super annoying. And maybe if somebody listens to Marlo and Hastings, maybe they feel the same way. I don't know. But so I really like listening to Scott and, um, Oh yeah, Chris Marlowe. Yeah, I think Scott, they Scott and Chris. Yeah, those are my guys. And I, I think Kate, Kate, Katie Wingy does a really nice job as well. Mm-hmm. I like the whole the whole team that they have on altitude with Chris Dempsey and mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. Bill Hanslick, and um, so I I get a kick out of watching um, their production. And when I see other announcing groups from mm-hmm. different teams, I find it to be a tad bit annoying. There are lots of uh, broadcast teams that are good and I'm not, I'm not saying that. Right. It's just, um, you get used to a certain style. Yeah. And um, I like Marlowe's style of play by play. And um, Hastings gets a little bit um, negative, I think, but he's good at what he does. And yeah, um, it's an enjoyable show, as I said. So so that was the only reason I don't really particularly care for NBA TV. But otherwise, I think it's they do a great job as well. Gotcha. Now, I, you know, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I think I think the altitude team is amazing. You know, I think 
um, you know, and having like like met all of them. It was kind of cool. Um, one time, like I think this was when my daughter was maybe about a year old. Um, we took her to to a Nuggets game and Katie Wingy was sitting right next to me. I didn't know I didn't know who she was at the time, um, but I was sitting in, sitting in section 130 right next to uh, to Vicky. The one who like she gives candy to all the players and stuff as they walk. Vicky by. Ray, I think. Vicky Ray, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, and as I'm sitting there, like Katie Wingy is sitting right next to me on her phone. Like she's just kind of doing whatever. And I didn't know who she was. I was just like, huh? Okay. Who, who's who's this person? And then all of a sudden, I want to say, let's say six months later. I saw her on the broadcast and I was like, Oh, that was who was right next to me. Yeah. Um, you know, but I thought it was really cool. And, but you know, all these, all these people like Katie Wingy and, and, you know, Scott Hastings, like you said, I took a picture with uh, Chris Dempsey, probably one of my first times um, going to a Nuggets game live. So I thought that that was really cool. Um, but yeah, their whole, their whole team, their whole team is pretty cool. So I, I feel the way you feel because the thing that I do like about, the altitude team is, and and it's the way that I listen to it. And maybe you, you said it correctly, where maybe our ears are just kind of in tune with their style. Right. Um, but to me, it's like, I don't really hear a lot of bias. Like I don't like whenever I listen to them, like you, you would hear, like, let's just say um, a Nuggets player gets an offensive foul. You would hear Scott Hastings say, oh, wow, no, that was offensive foul. Like it was like a calling it down the middle. And I don't know, maybe some people might see it as negative. It sounds like you 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 could see certain things that that he would say as that. But I think in certain areas, I look at it as I hear I hear non-bias. Like I hear somebody who can watch a game objectively and say, you know what? The Nuggets player was right. The Nuggets player was wrong. And you are correct, man. There's a lot of commentators that do not know how to do that. It's always, if it ain't for my team, I don't want to hear it. Oh, this, wait, hold on. He blocked the shot off the backboard for my team. Oh, well, okay. No, it's, it's, it's goaltending. It's like, I like the fact that, that they're able to at least keep it down the middle because I can respect that as a fan. Cause that's the way I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that the reason, the thing that irritates me is the, the inflection of the voices when, a big play happens and how it, and this is my own thing again, is just how it's more of a screaming match than it is like an inflection and voice. Um, So for me, that's the reason. And on the Scott Hastings thing, I think that basically the thing that I get tired of is his constant um, negative talk about our bench Right. And I think in retrospect, it's partly true. I mean, we've talked about that. Yeah, yeah, no, there's, there's, some, there's some validity that. to it. For yeah, sure. we've talked about that um, ad nauseum, uh, but he he beats it, uh, beats that drum quite frequently. And and I think Katie Wingy, when she steps in personally, is not negative really at all. Right. Um, she's she more commentates on what they need to do better than what uh, a certain group of people are doing and so i appreciate her approach i guess a little bit more gotcha, i don't gotcha. i don't turn into entertainment to be turned off by negative negativity if i <laughs> if i right. want negativity i can go to work or or hear somebody in my family yell or scream or do something crazy, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's not really my 
my cup. Or just get on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, or be on Twitter, exactly, and listen to Philadelphia fans Mm -hmm. um, outside of Connor. But um, Mm. so it's not that. I just want to hear, and and again, I don't mind hearing some negative stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with calling people out if they're not doing a good job. I, I applaud that. It just seems, again, to me, it'd be a little bit negative in regard to the bench. And as we've talked about, some of that's very warranted. Um, so, yeah. But anyways, it, the product at Altitude has, I think, is, is top notch. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. Um, I, think, I think they're great. I just think, I think it's, um, it's really, really cool to... You know, just kind of because remember, I told you before, you know, the reason or the way that I was able to listen to it was like through the radio before I was able to like watch the games live or even live in Colorado. Right. You know, for me, all I could get all I was used to was radio. Um, That's right. You know, so so that was it for me. So so for me, I grew I almost pretty much grew up listening to these guys voices. And that was how I ingested Nuggets games when I wasn't able to watch them live or, or even see like the stream video. So um, I think they're just, their, their voices are just kind of like in my brain at this point. It's like, Oh, I, this is just regular for me. Yeah. There was um, so again, going back to the history of uh, when I started, they had um, uh, Marv Albert's brother, Al Albert's, doing the radio, as I said. And then at that time, there was a Channel 2 broadcaster named Jim Conrad who did uh, um, play-by-play. And then, um, and I don't know if you know this name, but Irv Brown was the color commentary Mm -hmm. person for the Nuggets. And Irv Brown went on to have a very successful radio um show sports show in denver with a guy named joe williams um and uh irv unfortunately passed away a couple years ago but he was a classic um classic dude who made up some fun stuff about like there was a guard named tr dunn who was a really great defensive player uh was not a great shooter but irv would always say you don't want to play horse with T.R. Dunn, um, he would talk about Kiki Vandaway in certain ways and Bill Hanslick and all right, those right, players. Right. And mm-hmm. it was fun because they became almost part of your family. You know what I mean? Like they were on the TV and you would watch them and it was a, a fun way to to watch the Nuggets when they were on TV and then to listen to them on the radio, like just like you said. So, um, yeah, those are kind of bringing back some good memories. No, I, I mean, that's, you know, sometimes it's so funny to me the way that that works, right? It's, it's people's voices and, and, and it really takes you back to a particular moment. Like, that's right. Yeah. It it is incredible. And I think that's kind of how I want, you know, even certain parts of things that we say, you know, like maybe, maybe 
that will kind of stick out to certain people. Like, man, I remember, I remember when Nelson had that that spicy take about this, you know. Yeah. And, and, and you never know. And then one of the cool parts about this stuff is like, one, you, you never know who's listening, you never know who's watching, and you know, you don't know who you're reaching in that moment because I know for a fact they didn't they didn't know that this 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 kid who was in high school in the Bahamas was like sitting down pretty much on on dial up trying to listen to a nuggets game over the internet at the time and it's like and then all of a sudden those moments those talks those those breakdowns those analytical breakdowns of the games made me the nuggets fan that i am today right like it it's it's they don't they don't but they don't know that <clears throat> you know they don't know that that just the way that they talked about it made me learn and understand the game to a different level to whereas now I can talk about it on a certain level and I can have a conversation with them about it because I learned from them. That's you right. Know? So I think it's always cool to to kind of see like how that how that works. Um but yeah I just I just appreciate the fact that whenever I I, I watch them or listen to them um I hear a lot of the things that I say and because I'm one of the I'm one of those guys yes I mean yes I want the Nuggets to do well. I, I want to root for Nuggets-based players and things to happen good for the Nuggets. But I will be the first person that, while watching the game to say, dude, that was not nah, MPJ. You fouled him. That was like, yeah. I see it. I see it right down the middle as much as I – and, I mean, I'm not going to complain if the ref calls it the other direction. I'm not going to be like, hey, no, you got to put that foul on MPJ. No, I'm just going right. to be like, no, that, that was a foul. But, I mean, if they don't want to call it, that ain't my business. Yeah. yeah, you know, so – but it's just it's just some it's just some fans and commentators alike who just cannot do that. They everything has to go the direction of their team every time. And it's like, dude, be realistic. Here, yeah. Please. Yeah. I, I've never been afraid to um, talk about both sides of right. of what happens when it comes to the glassy eyed view of a fan and you know, trying to be somewhat um, objective about what's going on with your own team. They're not, they're not always perfect. Mm -hmm. And we just went through that stint with the Nuggets in their losing streak, right? So you have to look at that in a critical way and a critical eye and evaluate what's what they're doing and hope that they can turn it around. And I think we all said that they would or hope that they would and they have. Mm-hmm. Um, they have with these last four wins. And uh, so hopefully the trajectory is going back the right side. And we're seeing a team that's, you know, going to kind of got the wake up call that we all hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're headed to being a hot, uh, dominant team going into the playoffs. And that is exactly where we want them to be now. You just you just brought up obviously you know the Nuggets what on a four game win streak right now, um, and one of the things that 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 we did talk about is within that four game winning streak, there were two games in particular, two games in particular that had some serious implications, right? You know, from the MVP conversation um, more so than anything, uh, but. It's just it's it's the feel of these two games in particular going into the playoffs because you want your litmus test, right? You want you want to be able to be tested by some of the best teams in the league before the playoffs so that you kind of get you kind of gauge and you kind of can say, okay, I think we're in a good spot. 
you know, because if we can if we can play against the Bucks or we can play against the Sixers, albeit, you know, last night was a little different because Joel Embiid and James Harden didn't play. But regardless, um, and, and we will talk about that in a second here. But those are the teams that you want to play. You want to you want to play really good teams and the Nuggets, <clears throat> the Nuggets will have a serious test um this upcoming friday so we will also talk about that as well um and it looks like we have mr jack balsley in the building as promised our statistician as we mentioned at the beginning of the show that he will be joining us and he sure did right before we got to the recaps of the game so you showed up at the right time oh i always do it that way welcome into the show (laughs) captain jack thank you thank you Glad to be back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we we were literally just about to start um, recapping the games, right? So, of course, you know, like I just mentioned here, the Nuggets did have two uh, big games on the schedule against the Bucks and against the Sixers. The Sixers game, obviously not as hype as we hyped as we thought it would be because we were going to we were assuming that it was going to be a battle of the Titans. We thought we would get to see the Nuggets or Jokic versus Joel Embiid rematch where Jokic gets to play at home this time around, you know? And I think that is the thing that we did not get the first time. So it's just one of those things, especially when we, you know, you saw, you guys saw the tweets yesterday, man. The fact that, that Joel Embiid had not played in Denver in four years is kind of insane to think about. Like it is like, how does someone not do something for four straight years? You know, like it doesn't like there is no way that there's that that's not a coincidence, mind you. There's no way that's just all coincidence Um, because somebody spoke about it. Even so, like they they said that um, he hadn't really been playing in Utah or Denver much in the last couple of years. So maybe it is just the altitude thing that he's just trying to stay away from. Who knows? Right. But but just based on the, the statistics and stuff that hasn't happened. It's starting to look like that way. But um, before we really dive into just the full details of that Sixers game last night, um, let's take a look at the Nuggets versus Bucks. And I'll tell you guys, honestly, um, when that game started, so the first quarter, I was still out with my boys, um, with my mentees. So we're still doing our Dart Wars thing that night. And as I get into the car, I actually plug my phone up into the car and I have it playing on my drive home because it was a 30 minute drive on my way home. So I didn't get to see the first quarter, but I got to hear a lot of it. And you started to hear, oh, Jamal Murray is doing this and Jamal Murray is shooting over Drew Holiday and Jamal Murray. And I was like, dang, Jamal, you're going crazy. You know, um, so I thought obviously he he played well. Um, and then I, I got home right as the first quarter was ending. So I started to, I saw everything after that. Um, but you but one of the things that really stood out to me in that game, and obviously I want you guys to chime in as well, um, was we we got a we got more of a taste of aggressive Jokic, right? We got Jokic looked at uh Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, and he was like, you know what? I'm going at y'all tonight. Like there is like you saw him intentionally and purposely trying to not only draw fouls, but he wanted to just go at them and show them like, hey, listen, you not as nice as you think you are, Mr. Maybe defensive player of the year. You know, he was going at Brooke Lopez. And obviously we saw in the second half, you know, Bobby Portis was trying to body him up and Jokic was just kind of doing floaters over his head and 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 in reality, that's what it was. Bobby Portis was over his head. Like he just he could not he could not stay with Nikola Jokic in any way, shape, or form as much as he would like to. Um, 
but obviously the Nuggets getting getting that win. But I thought it was a really good game, you know, and that is still a series that I would love to see in the finals. Like if if for some reason we can get the Nuggets versus Bucks, Giannis versus Jokic in the playoffs. Oh, man, because look at the breakdown of the players, the Drew Holiday versus Jamal, Chris Middleton versus um, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon versus Giannis. But I mean, I mean, technically, it's still Giannis versus Jokic. So you kind of trade those guys off. But that would be an insane matchup. It'll it'll really come down to the bench and which bench really performs. But uh, Nelson, I'm going to start with you here. What were your thoughts just watching that game? What really stood out to you against the Bucks? My takeaway was um, how amazing the Bucks were in the first half. I don't know what their shooting percentage is, um, and I don't know if that's something Jack could look up for just the first half. Um, but I think it had to have been a high, in the hot, like 56% or something like that. They were mm-hmm. shooting lights out, and every shot they made, they were staying you know, above the Nuggets. And the Nuggets matched them. Um, pretty much the whole first half. And um, I did like to see how aggressive um, uh, Jokic was during that time period. It was fun to watch. Counterdicting that to last night when uh, he wasn't really trying to be a force in the first half. I was actually frustrated. But um, against Milwaukee, as you said, he took it to him. I like I like that part of his game. I thought the game would have been a different game if it wasn't a back-to-back for Milwaukee, personally. Um, yes, it was a blowout for Denver, but I felt like there was some that, – that this was maybe a little bit of a tired Milwaukee team after playing the back-to-back against Utah the night before, even though they, they blew the socks off of Utah the night before. Um, I think they had 145 points. And um, so I was relieved. Um, and and the first half, I think um, Giannis had 25 points. Um, thought he was unstoppable. And again, Denver has a tendency to really change the dynamic of the game in the second half. And I thought they did that. And they clamped down on defense. Giannis was not a factor in the second half. And um, I thought it was a great win for the Nuggets. Um, A very impressive win. And a win that I think sent a strong message to the rest of the NBA that the Nuggets were back in a good place. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Gotcha, gotcha. Jack, talk to us. What were were your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I thought, I mean, Nelson brought up all the great points like he always does. I think uh, to his point that in that beginning with uh, that first quarter, I think it was, what, 38 to 37 Milwaukee, like just lights out on both sides. They were both shooting crazy. 
but you know, kind of died down. And then what really was the big difference was that third quarter with Denver having 34 and Milwaukee having 19. Which so. seems to be a trend now with the Nuggets. That that third quarter, because <laughs> if you look, if you look back to like last year and a year before, the Nuggets third quarters were the dreaded quarters. Those were the quarters yeah. where you look and you're like, oh gosh, the third is about to start. But now, even obviously last night, we'll talk about it. It just seems to be a trend. So you're correct in saying like that third quarter was insane. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was. And it was just nice to see. I mean, I don't know. It, at this point, it kind of just seems like, to your point too, like everybody kind of just connects together in the third. And then you, cause like, even like, I don't know, we, these guys, they, they all have, of course, bring their own unique characteristics, but it seems like that mesh is, is exemplified in that third quarter. And then, to that point. And then on the defensive side, it seems like we see that in the fourth quarter. So of course with Milwaukee, they held them about 21 in the fourth. Granted a past couple games before that, they've been a little lackluster in the fourth allowing, I think even the, the Sixers game was, was about 30 points for the Sixers in the fourth. So I, w- I would say mostly on the season average, you saw more of that fourth quarter lockdown defense, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just nice to see the whole team play cohesively. No one had negative uh, plus minus which was crazy for the Bucks game. Um, you know, Jokic was always just doing what he did. To, to Jeremy's – or to uh, Nelson's point too, I think that like – it was weird because, yeah, he went lights out in the in the first half and then, I mean, he still played really consistent. I was surprised he only had six rebounds to finish the game. Um, and then the other surprise I had too was that he was he was one for six on three. I was surprised he was, he was taking all of those, but – Hey, you know, you can't, you can't win them all with uh, the shots he takes, but I was really happy to see that he still got 10 for 20, you know, kept that 50% or more. It was good to see that, uh, that little combination there, but you know, as you saw, you could, and I would definitely say the Sixers and the Bucks game, you really started to see them solidify that bench unit with uh, Jeff Green, Najee, Watson, and Brown, or not, not Watson, excuse me, but I, I, it's kind of weird. Christian Brown, of course, or it's Christian Brown. I was reading it wrong. But um, I would say those four are really going to be his go-to, as we can already tell, uh, which is kind of a bummer, especially with Reggie and Thomas Bryan. But at the same time, they really didn't show in that stretch that they had that they were capable of being those solid bench players quite yet. So we still got faith in them. I definitely do. But I just think we're going to run it with those four guys, at least for now. But I'm really confident in that four because that that – kind of quote-unquote playoff bench really has shown promise. Can I just say this too? Um, out of the, you know, the three teams in the East that everybody would predict uh, a finals matchup with Denver, uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, I personally would love to see the Nuggets match up against Milwaukee. I thought even with all the players out in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. the Nuggets stayed with the Bucks until the fourth quarter of that game in Milwaukee without uh, Jokic, I believe, and Jamal mm-hmm. were out of Correct. that mm-hmm. game. I, correct, yep. Yep. So, and if you remember, they have a very successful um, rate of winning games in Milwaukee. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for whatever reason, Denver matches up well against Milwaukee. Um, I'm not so sure about Philadelphia and Boston, especially Boston with their defense. 
Um, but I I would love to see a, a Milwaukee Denver series because I think we could win the championship. I think so too. I think so too. And um, because if you look at it, some of Jokic's best career games were against the Bucks, right? Like the the fastest triple double in of, in NBA history against the Bucks. They even showed like another. He had like another thirty one plus triple double prior to this one to this game um, against the Bucks. So. He just plays well against that team. So I think I think you're correct. I think um, it's just a matchup because matchups make the fights, right? And that is exactly what we're seeing here uh, because there are just certain teams that are in the league right now that could give the Nuggets some fits, but then other teams that are technically better in the standings, the Nuggets could play better against them, right? So it's just it's just weird. Look at Look at the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic smacked up the Boston Celtics three straight times this season. And I'm talking about it was like – Pretty handily, not one, not really. Those games weren't really that close. It's just the magic for some reason. Not that they're a better team than the Celtics, but they just seem to match up well with what the Celtics, what their vulnerabilities are, right? And that's and that is exactly what this stuff comes down to. And you talked about the the Bucks being on a second out of a back to back, right? And here's why I don't feel bad about that. One, because we did we did talk about that prior when we were talking about just the predictions and stuff going into the weekend. Um, but if you remember correctly, I don't remember. I don't know specifically what year this was. This might have been 2018, 2017, something like that. I know Jokic was on the team. I know Jamal Murray was on the team. Um, but if you remember, the Nuggets had a back-to-back where they only suited up seven players, right? Remember that, right? One and against one was against Utah. Exactly. So you're you're talking about the same two teams. Right. So the Nuggets had played the Jazz prior or Milwaukee prior. Milwaukee prior. Right. And then they went and then they beat the Jazz the the next night in Utah. And it was like, so I remember that that moment seeing how I felt because I was like, man, like, why would the schedule people do the Nuggets like this? And then all of a sudden they went out there with seven people fatigued, just tired like crazy and got it done. You know, so for me, it was like, man. Listen, man, Chris Middleton ain't really played much all season. So he, what do you do? What he, he ain't tired. What are you tired about? <laughs> you know? Um, so so for me, it's like, listen, I understand how back-to-backs work. And the Nuggets have obviously had to deal with that on numerous occasions. We saw that against the Knicks last weekend, um, you know, and then having to, to – well, of course, they didn't go that far because it was Brooklyn, you know, going from Manhattan to Brooklyn. You know, not too crazy. Um, but still, like, the Nuggets have had to deal with that and now – when other teams have to deal with it, you ain't getting no remorse from me, man. You ain't getting none of that. It's like when yeah. the Nuggets can get a win on a big team on a second night of a back-to-back, I welcome it any day of the week. And so and so do I, brother. <laughs> so do I. I'm just saying that team looked right, tired right. in the second half. And um, it is only from Utah to Denver. That's not a long flight either, by the yeah. way. And yeah. I'm sure they rested um, – some of their starters considering that was a blowout win against Utah. So they don't have too many excuses. Yeah. Um, but I, I just thought, and maybe it was just the Nuggets dominance, but I thought it was interesting how they did fold in the second half. They look like a tired team. Um, and maybe I'm wrong about that. I am super happy. They won. I love yeah, the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. So if they ever get a chance to win. We're all happy. Gotcha. 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 Now, now speaking of winning, Right. Um, obviously, the the biggest matchup. I mean, yes, the Milwaukee matchup was huge. Right. But in no way was it even comparable to the hype that was going into the Nuggets versus Sixers. 
no comparison. That was that was the game that everybody was saying, this is the one that determines the MVP. This is the one, this is where Jokic gets a chance to, as they would say, get his lick back. This is his revenge game. Finally, Joel Embiid comes to Denver and Jokic gets to to be on, well, I mean, are the, well, the, I believe the Nuggets are, what, second in the league right now in a home record. I think Memphis may be a half game above them. I think the Nuggets are... 32 and six. And I think Memphis is 32 and five. If I, if I, I think so, you know, Jack, you gotta, you gotta correct me if I'm wrong there, but um, I do, I do think that Memphis had a slightly better record, at least by a half game, but whatever, you know, you're, you're, always, kind of right. you're always right. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, you're kind of pulling hairs at that point. Um, but I, I thought that that would have made a big difference, right? Like, having the Sixers come to town and Jokic and the Nuggets finally get a chance to perform because I'm pretty sure they they practiced and they strategized and everything was about the matchup with Joel Embiid. That's what it was. I know that's what it was because you – and then you come out, but you see Dwayne Dedman and you see Paul Reed. I mean, yes, they had decent games, but in no way were they going to do what, what Joel Embiid was doing or, or in no way were they going to command – the same level of defensive intensity. And like I talked about that third quarter, the Nuggets, they turned up. The Nuggets went back into that mode where they were, where they told everybody like, Hey, this is what we do. And we really lock in their defense just went absolutely crazy. They start, they locked down Tyrese Maxey who went crazy in the first half and they played like a championship team in the third quarter. And that seems to be the trend right now, but what is happening in the fourth quarters are the nuggets getting bored after they go up by 18 to 20 is that what we're seeing because you can't do that like like that that getting bored stuff is all right and yes i'm glad they won but nelson you you even mentioned it even before um we got going here um that you were kind of scared about that like because i was a little i was worried I'm telling y'all, I was tweeting through the whole game confident. I'm tweeting through the third quarter real confident. Just everybody seeing, hey, look, Jeremy's on the timeline doing this. My tweets about the Nuggets and the Sixers are going crazy. Then all of a sudden, that score started to dwindle and my heart started to beat fast. And I'm sitting there like, listen, this is not cool. So you're sitting at 18. It goes down to 15. Then it goes down to 11, and 9, and 6. And I'm like, if y'all blow this game, like, I, like, truth be told, had the Nuggets lost that game last night, that whole MVP talk stuff, I don't want to hear it. Seriously, like, that's how crazy that would have been because to think the Nuggets play against the Sixers at home without Embiid and without James Harden and then the Nuggets still lose, oh, no. We would not have been able to live that up. I'm telling you all now. Um, but, Jack, what, what were your thoughts just while watching that game? I'm sure you, you experienced a lot of those same little – heart movements that I did in that fourth quarter. But uh, just what were your thoughts just while watching it? This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, man. I mean, one thing I will tell you, when I saw the score was 110 to 91, no one told – I could have never told you that would have, it would have finished 116 to 111, like that nail-biter at the end, to your, to your exact point. I was shocked. I was – 
I had no idea what was going on. Everybody was missing everything. KCP missed two straight threes, like, like that kind of stuff. It was just like, it it kind of was just like the perfect storm that we have been seeing in these, in these fourth quarters. So it was, it was surprising. You know, of course I was disappointed. You wanted to see the Embiid uh, Jokic matchup, but, and I, I even talked to Connor about this on Twitter too, just about how, of course you want the Nuggets to win. I would never not want the Nuggets to win, but it's like, I just wanted to see the matchup if anything, like, even if it was a, like, I, of course I wanted to be a close game, but like just those two players, the two MVP front runners, like let's see that really play out. So the fact that he missed the game and I'm not going to say why, because uh, you know, when no, no one's going to, you know, I don't know. I can't put words in his mouth. Like, I don't know how he's actually feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. I do even totally agree with some of the analysis I've seen about putting the blame on the Sixers. Like, why isn't he resting against the Suns? If, if this if this calf injury is as big of a deal as it is, like, why aren't they – like, they know, just first of all, viewership, all of that. They're going to rake in so much more money if they're playing with against the Nuggets or with, with them beat in. So – you know, I was just shocked by it. I I mean, Philly on a three-game losing streak now, which was my uh, perfect outcome of the weekend because yeah, I was, sure I was yeah. really hoping, you know, because, oh, man. But, again, it's not as satisfying with the, with the possible MVP out as well. So, you know, I, of course, I thought it was a good game, especially for the Nuggets up until that fourth quarter. Again, I mean – I'll just kind of harken back to that cohesion. I thought everybody was playing really well. We did see – I was really surprised – well, I guess it's because kind of they were choking, but we did just see that solidified bench unit that I was talking about earlier. Bruce Brown, he's really picked it up. Of course, everybody yeah. can fix he's start, their – starting to get better, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, everybody can – he can still tweak some things, but – it's, it, it does feel though like if one player's bringing his mojo back, the others go. Others are going down, and I don't know what's going on with Aaron Gordon. At least some of the shooting he's doing. It's. it's I don't want to see him shoot a three for the rest of the season. I don't either. I, I don't want. I, like if if Aaron Gordon is standing behind the three point line, you better be passing that ball, buddy. I don't want to. I don't want to see another three point. Like the other day when he shot a three, I almost ducked behind my TV, bro. Like he is. <laughs> he is. Them things are missing bad, bad right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He had an air ball from the corner. Oh, I remember God. that. Yeah, he sure did. Like, he almost hit a cameraman. So bad, so bad. <laughs> um, there's so many points that I want to talk about. I mean, did anybody see the poster that that was up all around Ball Arena about Embiid uh-huh. missing in action? That was, that was petty, man. And they, and was... they and they misspelled his name. I mean. I just, I laughed and I thought it was hilarious and like such a gotcha moment. Like I, I know I should be better than that, but with all the crap that the Philly fans have been talking. Oh, it was warranted. Oh, it was warranted. It was beautiful. Oh yeah. And and then you, like, you even saw like little kids holding the sign and then Philly fans (laughs) like ripping on the kids and. I was just like, this is great. Like, I thought that was beautiful. But the um, the moment when um, Chris Marlowe said, well, you know, this is going to be a Sixers loss and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, don't say that. And yeah. then to see the number just keep going down with virtually nobody's on the court for them. I mean, Paul Reed, like you said, was – 
torching them and um, just all their backups were in. And I was just like, this is Maxi wasn't even playing. And I was just like, come on, guys, like you got to get these stops. And then Malone was, you know, Malone drives me crazy still. Like, why is Aaron Gordon not in the game and Uncle Jeff is in the game? That's and a I, good point. And I, yep. I thought, I, I was like, is Aaron Gordon hurt? Like, what the heck is going on here? And then after the game, you see Malone going up to him and apologizing. Like, he ignored Doc Rivers, went right over to um, to Aaron Gordon. It was like, dude, I'm so sorry I forgot about you. Like, how does your how does somebody on the bench, like, that genius Skip Saunders or whatever his name is. How come that guy doesn't go up to uh, Malone and say, let's bring back Aaron. I'm like, what the heck are you thinking? Yeah. Um, And then uh, to turn it around and be captain positive again, uh, which I always am. I know you guys love that about me um, (laughs) is uh, Bruce Brown. Just finally, after the Philadelphia game when he was flopping around his arms like a, a seal in heat um, after he made that one three-pointer, I thought that was so fun. And then um, to see him turn it around because he was in a massive, awful shooting We, we need him. We need and, him. Yeah, and he hit that floater from the free throw line, mm-hmm. and he just did some good things. His defense to me still is kind of iffy. Like right. he, too many blow buys. Um, and I thought he was going to be more of a defensive specialist, but whatever. He's so needed. Um, he's a key component. We got to get KCP turned around. Uh, his offense is in the crapper right now. Uh, Aaron yeah. Gordon, uh, Aaron Gordon, as you both said, is throwing up major ducks um, for three point three pointers. And um, but otherwise, guys, we're back. Yeah, Hello. It, it, it seems it <laughs> we're that back. seems to be the case. That seems to and, be uh, the case. Yeah. And uh, and I say that lightly too because I hate saying we're back. The Nuggets are back and play, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, girls and oh, yeah. boys. So, anyways, yeah, I'm excited. Can you tell? Yeah, yeah. You know, listen, and and you have you have every right to be excited because you said it correctly. It does feel like the Nuggets are back. And um, <clears throat> I know, Jack, I know, so I know you mentioned that we'll get to obviously the, the other topic. Um, probably on the next show, we can do that at the end of the week. Um, but real quick here. So right before, we guys know we're about to head out of here, but um, I just wanted to ask a question real quick to both of you guys. Just what is your confidence level now? Obviously, Nelson just said we're back, right? So obviously there is some confidence there. Um, and I asked this question, I want to say, about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks, when the Nuggets were on their four-game slump. And it just kind of felt – it felt like the air was out of the room at that point. Because I'll tell you, I lost confidence in that moment. Like, I really did. I was just sitting there like, dude, what is happening? Like, like, like and, and maybe that was on me, but it's, 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 it felt bad. It felt because of the types of losses. It wasn't just that the Nuggets were losing. It was the types of losses. It was the blowout by the Spurs and the blowout by the, you know, the Bulls. And it was just sitting there like, you're better than this. And that, because it became a mentality thing. And I started to feel like the Nuggets were just not mentally strong enough to kind of get through that. That's just what I saw because maybe I'm a bit traumatized by past Nuggets teams. So, you know, forgive me. But, you know, in that moment, it just felt, it felt like a bad situation. But of course, same thing. We talked about 
hey, what do we think could happen to change our confidence level? And I did say the Nuggets have to beat the Bucks and the Sixers. You have to beat both. Like this is not a one-off, one-on situation. You got to beat both. And what they did was they just added two other wins on top of that to really get the Nuggets propelled again. So my question is, what are you guys' confidence level just on a scale of one to ten? What is your confidence level in the Nuggets going into the playoffs? Because right now I am at an eight point five. I just want to see. There's there's a, one more matchup this week on Friday that I need to. That is re- if if the Nuggets win this game and in good fashion. This will get me back up to a 10 because when they play the Phoenix Suns on Friday, Kevin Durant will be back. So this is going to be you're you're going to be facing a fully powered Phoenix Suns team. So this is the one that is going to be the litmus test at this point, because you think about you. If you beat Milwaukee, the Sixers, I'll be without their best players, but whatever. It's still the Sixers. And then you beat the Suns all in one week, essentially. I'm 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 back at a ten confidence level. Nelson, what's your uh, what's your confidence level going into obviously the playoffs? I'm pretty high, and I I want to give myself some credit um, because uh, during that time frame when we were going through that streak, what I said was this will be a blip in the road. And this team will look that every championship team goes, goes through this moment. This is when, it, and this will be a galvanizing moment for this team. And, and cause my history would be to be the ship is sinking. And I did everything <laughs> in my power to be positive. I really did. And I'm proud of myself. Um, and by gosh, I'm worth it or something like that. Um, so anyways, uh, so, so my confidence level is high. Let's not forget that, uh, the Hornets come into town and they are a very good team right now. They have won how many in a row, uh, Jack, do you, can you see that? Um, yeah, they should be. I believe it's five. Five in a row. Let me. Yeah, let me, yeah, it's five. And that's five. without Zion. Um, they were going in the tank after Zion. Oh, oh the Pelicans. The Pelicans. The, okay. The Pelicans. What <laughs> gotcha, did I say? Gotcha. You said the Hornets. Oh, my bad. The <laughs> Pelicans. <laughs> the Pelicans are uh, are coming into town next. Correct. Tomorrow. Yep. Yes. Second, but second out of a back to back, like we said. Right, yeah. right, right. So that's an advantage for sure. But I think they're a good team. And with Zion, I said they were one of the more scary teams in the West if they make it into the playoffs. So, but anyways, that game first. I think the Nuggets will have a hard time in in Phoenix winning that game. To be honest with you, KD back in the in the um, lineup. I would say that's a stretch to win that game, but I want to see him win the next home game and go into it with five in a row. If they lose the Phoenix game, it's not going to affect my confidence because I still think they're they're going in the right direction. Gotcha. Um, and I think they could have a they could have a great game, Jeremy, and pull that one out. I just think that would be a, t- a difficult win on the road. Gotcha, Jack. Talk to us. Yeah, I mean, I would say mine's probably a 7 out of 10, a little bit lower than you guys. Um, it's mainly because, yeah, strength of schedule is a big thing for me. And I just think that some players, you know, I'd like to see more from them finishing out the season, like Aaron Gordon shooting. Or, you know, maybe if if Malone does bring back some of those bench players, I don't believe he will. But if they do, I'd like to see them produce a little bit more than we thought they'd do. Um, but... 
Yeah, to both of your points, I mean, I don't know. It's tough because out of the four games, there's games that are playoff teams. I know in Phoenix and Golden State because I'll never count gold, out Golden State until uh, until I see it. So, I mean, even the Pelicans, if they have Zion, he's on track to come back by the time the the I think the what is it the play in starts. So, you know, with with all of that kind of coming together, I know they won't play Zion on on Thursday, but I just think you know it's going to be tough. And I think if they can finish out the if they can finish out like with a really at least solid record, I'm not saying win out or, or anything like that, but if they only lose like three of those last seven games, I mean, I'd say I'm back up to like a nine. I just think uh, to both of your points, they got to be Phoenix at least once and Sacramento at least one, or there's only one game of Sacramento, but I think they got to at least win those two for me to re- like really think that they can go back toe to toe in the playoffs. But overall I do have confidence in them. I just, Right now, I'm more. I'm still in that see it to believe it since that uh, that losing streak's not too far away. So, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. About seven. Gotcha. 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 And and just to correct myself, Nelson. So I was so so Jack. Yes, this is something I was wrong about. So that Pelicans game is not the second night of a back to back for them. It is the first night of a back to back for us. So. So we we actually yeah, no. play them on Thursday, and then we play Phoenix on Friday, which is so you see the scenario that we just talked about with Milwaukee, right? That is exactly yeah. what the Nuggets are about to walk right into right now. So we get to see what this team is really made of. Maybe yeah. Zeke Naji might really be the GOAT, right? Because the Nuggets have won every game since he's been back. So, hey, who knows? I don't know. Maybe Zeke might be the X factor <laughs> of the team. <laughs> um but we, we shall see. But, of course, that is exactly how this week is going to go. So, yes, the, the Pelicans do play tonight against Golden State, and then they play again on Thursday. So both teams will be rested going into that game. That is obviously a big matchup because there is going to be more desperation on their side because right now they are fighting for that play-in spot, and one loss for the Pelicans could actually move them out of it. So you're going to be tell you the, mm-hmm. I'll tell you the guy that's impressed me with them too is um... – Trey Murphy. I love Trey Murphy. Man. Trey Murphy yeah, has come yeah. in and um, mm-hmm. he's been dynamic for them in this win streak. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're a good team, man. And Ingram is really a, a tough guard, um, tough for people to guard. I mean, he's a long, long player, really great young oh, player. Deal with Herbert Jones again. Herbert good Jones. Lord. He always um, kills the Nuggets, man. Yeah, he does. So they're a good team. And I, I, I want to see that victory, and then whatever happens with Phoenix, I'm okay with. I don't. That's fair. I do not expect them to beat Phoenix on a back-to-back, um, but that would be great. That would be a great win. Let Let me just. Um, I know we're getting close to the end here, and I know I want to make it kind of so that we can at least talk about this one last thing. If you don't, if you no, can, if yeah, you can indulge me. Yeah. Um, you did send out a tweet or an email or a text to us today and said that the Joker is up 
back up in the MVP race. Yes, maybe we is. can not not really necessarily all of us going off on it, but just maybe you can uh, to end the show with with that information, and then we can talk about it uh, obviously in the future. But I, I think we're all kind of sick of it on some levels. But yeah. there is a change. Yeah, there, there. I'm glad you brought that up. So yes, there. There has been a change. Obviously, over the past week and a half, you started to see certain things happening because, of course, when Joel Embiid did overtake Nikola Jokic in the MVP rankings on all the sports books and in the 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 public in the public opinion at that point, um, when the Nuggets were on their four game losing streak, like we spoke about at that moment, because the Sixers were winning a lot of games, both teams were trending in different directions, and that is exactly what happened. And Jokic then became the second guy. Joel Embiid overtook him on in the favorites. He overtook him in the opinions of people on TV. And honestly, even in my mind, I'll be honest with you, I even got to that point where I was like, give give Embiid MVP. Like, you know, because the Nuggets were losing. And and although Jokic still played well during that that losing streak, um, it just it just didn't look good. But now obviously we are a week and a half, almost two weeks later than that. And now the total opposite has has happened. Now the Nuggets are on a four-game losing streak. The Sixers have now lost four out of the last five games overall. So they are trending downwards, and we don't even know the availability of Joel Embiid moving forward because he is now questionable for their game tomorrow. So nobody knows what's going to happen. But like you mentioned, right after the Nuggets beat um, the Milwaukee Bucks, because at that moment um, Joel Embiid had just lost Back-to-back games, he lost to Golden State, and then he lost to the Phoenix Suns in blowout fashion the night right after, and he played both games. So those things started to trend downwards for him. His odds started to drop. His odds started to drop. And as soon as the Nuggets and Sixers game, this was supposed to be it. This was supposed to be there pretty much, you know, you're like they're, they're pretty much even at this point. And when Joel Embiid mentioned that he wasn't going to play or whatever, the report came out that he wasn't going to play. Um, it got, it was to the point where it was literally a dead heat. It was minus 125 each. That's what it was. But when the Nuggets won the game and Nikola Jokic ended with that triple double, um, it doesn't matter how close that game was in the end. The Nuggets did win that game. And that's all that matters. Jokic played extremely well. You woke up this morning, everything changed. Every single sports book that is available right now, Nikola Jokic is number one. Every single sports book from FanDuel to BetMGM to PointsBet to DraftKings, everything. They all say that Nikola Jokic is now the favorite. So in 24 hours, the whole narrative has changed. And I listened to some of these shows this morning, and you can hear the difference in the sound. Colin Coward, I even listened to him, which was kind of weird. But I listened to him, and he, he was just like, no, it's Jokic. And even the guy whose initials are KP, I don't like saying his name, but uh, even him, he called what Joel Embiid or him not playing. He thought, he said that that was him ducking Jokic. And he, and first off, the real question is how did that guy get an MVP vote? How, like how in the world, and I'm going to say his name, but how in the world does Kendrick Perkins of all people have an MVP vote? Who gave him that? How? Like, that don't even make sense to me. He was literally the person who started all of this, this racial discourse that contributed, like, that this that really started to mess with, with Jokic, literally, because he Jokic started to hear it. As much as we want to say that he doesn't care, he cares about that. 
he cared about the fact that people were saying that he was only winning because he was white or he was only winning because he was stat padding. Those things started to get to him and you could see his game changes based on certain things that are in the media. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Nelson. So yes, as of right now, Nikola Jokic is the favorite to win the MVP. That will continue to be solidified as long as the Nuggets keep winning games. If they keep winning games, let's just say they beat the Pelicans on Thursday. And if they beat the Pelicans and then beat the Suns on Friday, at that point, I'll be honest with you, I think it'll be a foregone conclusion. That's the way that I see it. I think you finish off a week like that and then you'll be on, what, a six-game winning streak, beating the Suns at home fully powered there's no question after that i don't care what joel Embiid does after the fact because his big matchup to to put his foot down and say this is my award was yesterday that was it like had he won that game yesterday and went crazy again like he did in philly you would not even hear me come on the show and say Jokic was winning mvp again you like i, I would have been like no it's Embiid. that's his because he, he he took it but since he he didn't take that challenge last night because he was in the arena just not on the bench but whatever um it, he he let it go, and if all right now it's in Jokic's hands. All he has to do is keep playing well. The Nuggets have to keep winning games, and it'll be his award for the third straight time. And uh, both of those things mean the Nuggets will be playing well going into the playoffs. So go Nuggets! <laughs> I I think that's a good way to end it. And so. um, unless Jack has anything else to add, I'm I'm I done with it. That. Yeah, and I think for all all of us right now, and I think even for uh, the Joker. There's one thing on our minds, and it's not the MVP. It's a championship. Mm-hmm. It's not yes, the sir. MVP. It's a championship. Yes, mm-hmm. That is correct. Because let's also remember, Nugget fans and everybody out there, if he does win a, an MVP and they don't win the championship, think about how much pressure will be on this guy's oh, it's back. Gonna get ugly. If it if that happens, <laughs> all the heat will come in. Loud and clear. Yeah, he's got championships during the regular season, but he hasn't won an NBA championship. So he ain't that. He ain't that great. Mm-hmm. So let's remember that. Uh, the, the goal here is to bring Denver, the Colorado area, and all Nugget fans across the world an NBA championship. That is correct. That's what we want. That's all we want. Hey. All right. Listen, guys, obviously this was a whole lot of fun. Jack, we appreciate – I know you had some things come up, and I did as well, obviously, today, how the amount of times the show time had changed because I had a – man, my day just went crazy, and I was telling Nelson about that. But, um, listen, things happen, and that's just how it is. Um, but, yeah, so, so guys, next time, and everybody listening, the next show, um, the next episode, we will, we will actually put that one on YouTube. Um, so we'll have the full the full video ready to watch um, right after the show and everything. So that should be a whole lot of fun. Um, but we appreciate everybody listening right now. And, you know, just continue listening to the show. Keep letting us know what you guys think about everything. Um, but we will be back on the next show at the end of the week. Uh, maybe it'll be maybe Friday night after the Suns game. We'll figure out the timing for that because I think that would be kind of crazy um, to really just end the week off really well and hopefully have a good weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Um, but listen, guys, like like I always say, man, I appreciate both of you guys for, you know, just being on this show and just, just you know, putting your time in on this. So this is always fun. Thanks for being a great host. Good to see you, Jack. I hope uh, Nugget Nation has a wonderful rest of their, their day and evening and weekend and everything else. So. Couldn't have said it better. I appreciate both of you guys.
For sure, guys. Listen, so like I said before, everybody listening, we appreciate you. We will catch you on the next episode. This is Denver Hoops and Dreams. Peace. Peace.